Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi. Quick little stream here. At least it's supposed to be. While you're here, like the video and subscribe to the channel. I'm Guy, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Now ask yourself this. If there is a team better than you, better than your team, and they're going to kick your ass, would you want to play them once before you play them in the Super Bowl? The answer to that question is yes. If you know the future, and in the future, there's a team that wipes the floor with you, would you want to know that before you play them in the biggest game of the year? Yes. Just so happens that after watching Niners-Ravens on Monday night, I cracked open my classic copy of Charles Dickens' book, A Christmas Carol. Many of you are familiar with it. And um, I got to the part of the book. I read the whole thing. I got to the part of the book where Ebenezer Scrooge is taken by the ghosts of Christmases yet to come. You know, he'd seen the ghost of Christmas past. He'd seen the ghost of Christmas present. And then he got the ghost of Christmases yet to come. And he'd seen a man, an old man, the visions of him and his death and how people were satisfied with it. The room that he was in had, you know, raggedy curtains. There was a couple that owed him money. They were celebrating because he died. And Ebenezer Ebenezer Scrooge wasn't totally positive if that was him or not. And the ghost of Christmas future points to a grave and he just points and Scrooge is obviously unnerved. He's afraid to, you know, brush the dirt back off of the tombstone and see the name. And he says, before I draw, and I'm reading now, page uh, whatever, before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they the shadows of things that may only be? He asks, essentially, is this in stone or can I change the course of my actions and thus change my future? And uh, and we know the answer is he can change his actions and change the course of the future and and change his story. And um, that's the Niners. The Ravens game was a gift from the ghost of Super Bowl futures. And the question is, are they better off for having played the game or not? And the answer is unequivocally, yes. Now, if they'd won that game 31-7, to would they be better for it? I don't know. I mean, they'd be guaranteed, essentially, pretty locked in, not guaranteed, but pretty locked into a one seed. There's, as I count them, three things that can really go wrong from the Niners' loss that could keep it from being a positive in the end. Number one, number one thing, they don't get the one seed. That could be bad. You lose to the football team or you lose to the Rams and the Eagles went out. You end up as the two seed. You lose the bye. You lose home field and um, you're rattled. 
But the Ravens beating them doesn't mean any of that stuff has to happen, right? They're tied with the Eagles. You go win your next two games. You're the one seed, no problem. Okay, so that's number one. That's the number one. That's one. There's three things. Number one. Number two, um, the 49ers lose their confidence that if they were to play the Ravens again, let's say they're getting ready for the Super Bowl and they're shook, that kind of thing they got that they believe nobody can beat them, they lost it. The Ravens stole it from them. Somehow the Niners, despite it being stolen from them, get to the Super Bowl, but deep down in their core, they don't think they can beat the Ravens. So that'd be the number two problem that arises. And the third problem that could arise is that um, that same thing that I just described happens specifically to Brock Purdy, that he's so rattled he can't recover from it. All right, so let's go through those things. Number one, like I said, if they don't get the one seed because they lost to the Ravens, it's actually they don't get the one seed because they either lose to the Washington football team or to the Rams. It's not because they lost to the Ravens. So I'm going to throw that one out. Number two, they have their confidence stolen. I don't buy it. I don't buy that losing to the Ravens would put them at a disadvantage when it comes to confidence if they were to rematch in the Super Bowl. There's nothing about Debo. There's nothing about Kittle. There's nothing about Trent Williams. There's nothing about McCaffrey. There's nothing about Ayuk. There's nothing about Fred Warner or Juszczyk or Eric Armstead if he were to play in the game. God willing, uh, Mooney, right? Like all these guys, there's there's really no evidence that beating them rattles them to the point that they can't recover from it. So I wouldn't buy that for a second. I don't think this would have a hangover. Uh, well, hangover is not the right word. I don't think it would have a negative effect on their own self-confidence when they step on the field of the Legion Stadium to play the Baltimore Ravens. And number three, if Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy learn nothing from that game and can't adjust to the things that Mike McDonald and that Ravens defense did to them, then they don't deserve to win the Super Bowl anyway. But if given the choice between giving Purdy a preview of how tough it could be, of giving Kyle Shanahan a preview of what Mike McDonald's defense would try to do to his offense, you would 100% take that. Like if I told you before uh, if I told you before the season, you're going to be the one seed in the NFC, and you have two options, you either – you're, and you're going to play the team you play in the Super Bowl. You either beat them by 40 or you lose to them, you know, by two scores. You would, without question, choose the beat them by 40. That would feel a lot better. But I do think the thing you'd guarantee is that you get a shot at them again if you lose. And so if you think about, like, would they rather face Baltimore? Would they rather face Buffalo? Would they rather face Kansas City? I mean, right now, in one hand, it feels like you would rather face anybody but but uh, Baltimore, given what they just did to you. Give you take Buffalo, take Kansas City, um, and maybe that's true. Like, there's some truth to if that's the best team, hope that somebody trips them up along the way. But you don't know exactly what those teams would do to you. Now, the reason you don't want to play Baltimore is not because you don't think you can beat them. I don't think it's just because they look like the best team. But if you're going to play the best team. I think you want to do it with some advanced knowledge of what's on the test. And the Niners got some advanced. Now, did Baltimore get some advanced knowledge of what the Niners try to do? Hell yeah. In fact, it looked like they had a pretty good idea what the Niners try to do. But the most inexperienced guy in the whole bunch is the Niners quarterback. It's not Lamar. It's not the Ravens staff. It's not the Niners staff. It's not. It's the 49ers quarterback. He's the most inexperienced of the bunch. And so the experience, the flip side of that is it's the most valuable for him. So I think all in all, you got given a gift, and uh, that gift is a preview of what the best team in the league 
definitely the best team in the AFC, but right now the best team in the league would try to do to you if you play in a Super Bowl. Now, would they change it up? Of course. Would they do things differently? Most definitely. Would you be on edge because they had a pretty good plan the first time? Yes. But I think it would only be a win for the Niners um, in that sense should they meet again. I think they're lucky for it. As painful as it was for them, I think they're lucky for it. They got a glimpse of the future, um, specifically the experience of playing against them. All right. Uh, I said it would be quick, so let's be quick here. What what is some what uh, what does Simi said? What does Simi say? JB says, Do you think we should have come out running the ball instead of trying to flex and throwing the ball? Well, when it was all said and done, McCaffrey uh, you know, was pretty efficient without a lot of touches. Um, you know, I wasn't overly concerned about it. I didn't feel like it was inappropriate the level to which they threw the football because a lot of it was working. Now they threw Brock four interceptions, but they were also hitting huge. They were hitting huge plays left and right. Like the thing the Niners had planned to do, a lot of it worked. Now, sometimes they couldn't protect Brock and Brock made some mistakes, but I didn't think there was a, a major, you know, flaw in their plan that got exposed necessarily. Keeping the face says, uh, giving Shanahan a first look, then potentially two weeks to prepare for a rematch in the Super Bowl is a good thing. I agree. I agree. Now, clearly their defensive coordinator is a very good coach. Um, he's been a very good coach. I think he's been highly thought of for a while now. Definitely, even by when he went to Michigan, definitely since he's come back. Um, so the question is, would Kyle take advantage of that? Would Kyle do, here's what we do? And we're not really going to change much. Um, you know, I think there's some fundamental part of that's what the 49ers are, but you would have to think giving him a, an advanced look would, uh, would be a benefit. So, uh, the best film adaptation of, uh, Christmas Carol is George C. Scott's TV movie from the eighties. Yeah. He plays Ebenezer Scrooge. If you don't know George C. Scott, legendary, legendary actor. Um, uh, his line, I don't know if it's exactly like it was in the book, but his line in the movie is, I will not be the man I must have been, but for this visitation, why show me this if I am past all hope? So he's begging with the spirit. I can change, right? I can change, right? Is this 49er content? It's whatever you want it to be, man. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go, Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the prize picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham. 
and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Darnold's just as good as Purdy. I I don't think there's evidence of that. I I said this last night after the game, and uh, I thought that um, the more I thought about it, the worse it was. The way Darnold handled that goal line situation down by seven, Niners had no business being in that game, none. And Darnold, despite that, it felt like so. It felt like they were playing with house money. And you're like, well, what happens here really doesn't matter because they don't really deserve to be down by seven. But they had three timeouts. They were about to hit the two-minute warning. They got stuffed on the run play. Okay, fine. Kyle doesn't want to throw. Doesn't want to run it again because he doesn't think A, his line can get the push, and B, doesn't want to waste the timeout. And then Darnold takes the sack of all sacks. If, if you had a sniff of, well, maybe this guy's the guy. In hindsight, it was the right thing. I thought at the time, keep Purdy out of there. He has Stinger. This offensive line can't protect him. The odds that Brock would have made the right play, I think are much higher in that in that exact situation, despite all that he'd been through. I think we're much higher than, I mean, what happened with Darnold was about as bad as it can get. So um, 
I don't think there's a lot of evidence of it. As and by the way, you're talking to somebody who preseason, if you guys were here, anybody that was here before the season started, you're on this channel. If you're new, great. But you know, I was very intrigued throughout camp with Sam Darnold, much more than I'd been at any I mean, I was not a Darnold guy, quote unquote, in his career, but I was very intrigued throughout camp. Um I part of it was just thinking that he's better than Trey Lance in camp, but I did not um I did not think he deserved no shot. Like I was interested in him. But I I just think this the the processing power of Brock Purdy has proven to be pretty special. And um yeah, it, that may have been a potential silver lining. That's right. Brock has had an off game against a top D. Kyle ignored the ground success, kept throwing. Uh, spread formations at a great defensive scheme and bad pass protection. Darnold's had an off career. That's a complete thought there. J, uh, JB says Brock was sloppy with the ball towards the end, especially when he tossed it behind while getting the sack. That's all bad. You know, if if you wanted to... Uh, if you want to watch Brock, every time I think you you saw him on Monday, I thought, is he a little rattled by this? Is he shaking? He would do a no-look pass. He did the no-look pass to McCaffrey. I thought, well, now that's a different spot, right? That's fourth fourth quarter, uh, excuse me, fourth down, desperate situation, desperate play. But I don't know. That's not the kind of play a guy who's going into his shell makes. Even though sometimes it felt like from a body language standpoint, you look at his face, you're like, is he going into a shell? I can't quite tell. But then he made several throws after mistakes that were good. I've said it a couple times before, I think, but um, I have a buddy named Yogi Roth, who I worked with a lot doing Pac-12 football. And Yogi's a, an analyst, does a lot of Elite 11 stuff and works with quarterbacks. And um, He told me about this phrase years ago called, or acronym, PACE, P-A-C-E. stands for Plays After Critical Errors. And it's part of what they talk to quarterbacks about, but it applies I mean, I've used it in broadcasting and applies in life, right? Like something goes wrong. What do you do next? And uh, it's kind of a reminder that something will go wrong, you know, and you have to prepare yourself for being to handle that thing going wrong and then pivoting plays after critical errors. And I thought Brock's actions when it came to those situations, I thought he had good pace plays after critical errors. Now he made more critical errors and more critical errors, but I mean, it got to him a little bit. I don't think there's – how could it not? But he still stepped up and tried to make throws. Didn't look like he shot away from throws. Whatever that's worth, time will tell. Like, this thing has to play itself out. We've got to watch him respond. We've got to watch him in the postseason. You know, will he get another shot at them? Will he get a shot in the Super Bowl? Will he – whatever. Like, he's going to get more of these chances here. Um, that was a big shot. That was his big chance. That was one of his big chances so far. Um, so – Candido, O-line is beat up, defense looks slow, chains are rattling. O-line is beat up. You know, defense, I, I thought things got away from them a little bit, but then they reined it back in. And they held Baltimore to some field goals, forced some punts. It made no sense that they had a shot to cut that thing to one. And really, they should, I mean, knock it on the doorstep there um, on second down. So they're on the goal line. Uh, you know, I did not think the defense was their problem. Uh, 
Thus far, when Brock faces a good defense, he pretty much melts down. Browns, Ravens. Um, yeah, I mean, those were his two worst games, right? He was sub 50% in the Cleveland game. But then, you know, on that last drive, did enough to put him in field goal position for Moody to hit a kick. He makes that kick. I don't think we're talking about that game that way. Uh, but they're in that position because he didn't play great that game. I didn't think he melted down. I didn't think what we saw on Monday night was a meltdown. We saw a very bad game. We saw a ton of mistakes. I didn't think what we saw was a, a meltdown. You're too logical and reasonable on Purdy analysis for the fanatic fan base. Step it up and be flagrant. I am the moderate that everyone else claims to be. Everybody. Everybody's a moderate. Um, question. Thoughts on Purdy's height being an issue against the Ravens D-line? Too many batted tip passes. Big issue versus the Ravens, in my opinion. Well, what one of the interceptions was batted at the line of scrimmage. Was there a second ball batted at the line? He had an interception where he got hit as he threw it. It is what it is. I mean, he's, I think, overcome that. Um, will it sometimes be an issue for him that he's not six foot four? Yeah. That part of his game, though, like, I don't think that's what's going to be uh, what hold. I don't think that's, I don't think that will be what holds him back. I think he's proven pretty well. He's adjusted. Guys have done it. Um, and a lot of it comes with, you know, getting rid of the ball quickly and throwing with anticipation, which he does. So I don't think that's, um, you know, it's going to happen. Like, you're just going to have to accept that sometimes it happens. Tall guys get balls batted down, too, sometimes. Uh, defensive linemen are big. They jump high. Their their hands are massive. So, you know, I don't think that's going to be the thing. It is a thing that's just going to happen sometimes. I don't think that's going to be the thing that is the weakness against any particular defense or the thing that stops him from becoming, you know, whatever he could, whatever his best could be. Bewick says, uh, it's one bad game. Purdy will be fine. Just need to run the ball more. Yeah, I mean, that game was close for so long that it felt like running the ball effectively that they could have done it. I under, like in the moment, and maybe you guys all felt like that in the moment, or the people that are saying that felt like that in the moment. God, in the moment, they were, they were hitting a lot of pass plays. I, I do feel a little bit about this game the way I felt about some of the other bad Purdy games where you go, it wasn't all one thing. Sometimes you watch a guy who has a four-interception game. If you go back and watch the tape, he's just off the whole night. Just bad play, bad play, bad play, bad play. He was making some fantastic throws throughout the game. I'm not trying to rewrite the history and say he was great or whatever, but you know, you could um, – sometimes if a guy has four picks, you can cut out those four picks from the game tape and you can watch the rest of it and go, oh, this is not good. With Brock, the rest of it, for, almost all, there were a couple, there was the one ball through Willie Sneed's hand um, where Brock got pressure off the off the off off his right, got the ball out probably a hair too quick. Willie Sneed kind of got caught up coming out of the break. Doesn't get turned around in time. Doesn't, isn't able to get his hands up in time. Kind of hits him, hits the defender right in the face. You know, a lot going on there. If that's Jennings, whatever, I don't know. That was a dangerous play. But for the most part, um, a lot of the stuff he did was he did a lot of other stuff very good. Now, you can't get a passing grade when you throw four interceptions. It's about impossible. Um, 
the 81 NFC Championship game, better known as the catch game. Uh, Montana had three interceptions against the Cowboys. He also fumbled in that game. I don't think he lost the fumble, but he had three picks, you know, uh, but he made one of the most iconic throws in NFL history at the end, passing grade, won the game, won the game, Go went to the Super Bowl, passing grade. Uh, four picks and a loss, failing grade, no question about it. But, you know, I, I, I didn't watch the thing go, there's nothing good here. And uh, he shows no signs of the real Brock Purdy. I, the real Brock Purdy was in there. He was in there. He wasn't there the whole time. The real Brock Purdy, I think, actually is the one that threw the pick on the play that had all the flags on it when he threw it back over the middle. The real Brock Purdy was not the one that threw the first pick. Um, so, like, that's bad. In other words, like, that was bad. He doesn't throw the pick. He doesn't throw a pick like that. So, Kyle Shanahan chokes against good teams always. Why does he not just run the ball? You know, I don't agree that he chokes against good teams. And it's it's kind of funny, right? That we you watch it. It's rare that you watch a Shanahan game and go, "Why didn't he run the ball more?" I thought they were effective throwing it. So I, you know, you look up and go, McCaffrey had whatever he had, fourteen carries, not enough. That's, you know, I don't think anyone's really going to argue with that. Christian had fourteen carries and six catches, so we got the ball in McCaffrey's hands twenty times. Uh, that Debo run play didn't work, but. I don't know. I, I did not think that's what cost them the game. What what I thought cost them the game was the four picks. And um I think they got a gift. They got a gift and that they got they got to see the future. Uh, is Raider guy back. Never left. Mike asks what uh or Mike says, what this game reaffirms is that we have to invest in our offensive line. What we make work for most of the time, what we, ha- oh, what we have make work, what we have works most of the time, not against great defenses. You know, they have to hit. Part of this goes back to, I don't want to rehash this because I talked about it a lot last night, but part of this goes back to they are not a, they're just not a quick strike, deep ball, three play drive, touchdown team. And um, when you're not that type of, when you don't have that in the bag, and I know they do hit explosives, but they don't hit that play, right? DK, Justin Jefferson, boom, got it, touchdown. Uh, And when you don't have that, you've got to hit five, six, seven plays in a row. And it's harder to do that. It's harder to sustain long drives against good defenses. But, you know, I, I, I did not watch them. and think they were incapable of beating Baltimore or that they're incapable of beating a good defense. Uh, Against a lesser team, they could have overcome a couple of those, and maybe they throw less of them. But I, I am not in the camp, and I, I don't know if, if, um, if, if by Victor is or somebody else is. I'm sure there are uh, other people that feel that way. I'm not in the camp of like incapable. I do agree with that last comment I threw up there, and I, uh, Mike, I do agree with what Mike said, which is their offensive line depth is an issue. One of these days, Trent Williams is going to retire, and they will they will need even greater offensive line play. And that's where when you look up and go, okay, nobody wants Brent Ayuk gone, but could you immediately get Trent Williams replacement if you traded Brandon Ayuk? That would be the hope, right? You would trade him in hopes of getting like into the top 15 of an NFL draft. Maybe you need to make two trades to do it. 
and getting a, you know, a blue chip tackle. A refusal to criticize Shanahan is interesting. I don't know about a refusal to criticize Shanahan. Kyle gets plenty of criticism. Uh, I think we question what he does all the time. I'm just telling you, in the moment, it's easy to go back. Now, some of you guys think, some of you guys are saying he should have run the ball more. Okay, that's a legit take. I thought they were they were picking up huge chunks in the past game. I, I did not think that's why they lost the game. It's my ultimate point. Uh, this is where uh, this is where the Trey Lance trade comes back to haunt you. Yeah, I mean, do you get to be haunted by the Trey Lance trade if you also found your quarterback with the last pick of the draft? I don't know that you do. I don't think you get to be haunted by that. Uh, two things were put to rest last night. Purdy is the league MVP and Kyle is coach of the year. Kyle's less than genius game plan made sure of that. I mean, I don't think he was going to be coached. I don't really think he was in the running for that award. Um, but the award tends to be, I think, even less kind of uh, analytical than I watched this one game and you didn't match up well with that coach. It's just, you know, we thought, congrats. you, you every, No one wins at the place you are. Or no one's won in a while at the place you are, Brian Dable. And you won some games. Nobody's ever won. You know, there are people who live lives that have never seen Detroit any good. Dan Campbell, congrats. It's it's simple. It's simple than that. It's simple. Mm. Purdy, Purdy still looking good. I mean, uh, yeah. I'll ask this question briefly again. Not a doctor. Why has he gotten a stinger two weeks in a row? Something I'm just aware of. Some people thought that's an overreaction. Some people think it's legit. He's got a stinger back-to-back. We've seen Sam Darnold play in back-to-back weeks. Earlier than he would have played. Why? Is that a thing that never happens again? That'd be cool. That'd be fine. Uh... RS, were the Ravens stacking the box to force Purdy to throw? He saw he saw some five man pressures, but I didn't think it was. I didn't think they were forcing him to throw necessarily. Jedi asked, "Can you be stinger prone?" Great question. That's the question I'm asking. Does one stinger make another stinger more likely? Get a doctor on the phone. I'm not sure. But here is what I know. If they're in the Super Bowl, there's a good chance they're seeing Baltimore again. And if they see Baltimore again, they're better for having played that game, lost that game, than having not played that game at all. Now, if you see Buffalo, maybe you would have wanted to see Buffalo. If you get Kansas City, maybe you would have wanted to see Kansas City. Um, But you got Baltimore. And right now, they look like the team most likely to be in the Super Bowl. So you got them. They kicked your butt. As long as that doesn't rattle your confidence, which – for the rest of the team, I don't think it will. For Brock, we're about to find out. And as long as you learn something from it that you can play chess back, then you're okay. I think they can win that game. Right now, Baltimore will be favored, though. All right. Thanks for hanging. That was quick-ish. Appreciate you guys. Hit that like button.
subscribe to the channel. That always helps. More people see it that way. And uh, that makes me happy. Okay, everybody. Adios. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.